You Found It, the show where you can be the listener and the guest. And it starts right now. Welcome to You Are the Guest, a weekly show where you can be the guest and tell people what you and your friends and neighbors think about news events and issues of the day. It's part talk show, part opinion poll, part reality show, and a whole lot of fun. And it's completely dependent upon your participation as a guest. To be considered as a guest for a future show, check out the website at www.youaretheguest.com for details. Now here's your program host, Bill Grady. Greetings from the great city of Fort Dodge, Iowa. I'm Bill Grady with show number four of You Are the Guest, the show where we get to talk to everyday people to find out how today's issues affect their lives. And now here's my first guest all the way from Memphis, Tennessee. Please welcome to the show Vern Beachy. Vern, how are you? I'm doing great, Bill. How are you? I'm excellent. And uh, one of the neat things about this show that we've been doing is that I get to meet new people, but... Today, I'm reunited with somebody that I worked with 20 years ago. Oh, has it been that long? <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid so, my friend. <laughs> but we haven't seen each other in about 19 years, and, and we haven't talked to each other in True. probably about uh, seven years. So I'm interested to, to find out about uh, your blog, because you certainly have a very uh, interesting blog, and also you know, find out what people are telling you down in Memphis, Tennessee. So why don't you go ahead and start off and tell people about the Vern Beachy Rave. Uh, Vern Beachy Raves is what I call my blog, uh, weblog, uh, blog for short, I guess. So it's on uh, uh, blogspot.com. And if you want to do a Google search for Vern Beachy, and it'll... It'll bring it up, and it's easy to find that way. Uh, you spell my name in, like, Waikiki with a Y, just beach with a Y. <laughs> That's the easy way to remember it. But it's just a uh, my blog. I, I surf around on the Internet, read news. I'm a news junkie, uh, always have been, and continue to be. And I just look at, uh, oh, probably three dozen sites a day, news sites that I read in the morning. And, and if something uh, trips my trigger or gets my fancy, I will make note of it and make a blog entry and may comment about it and may not, may just put a link on to that story. But it's, it's editorializing on my part, so I'm just a conduit to other stories, and I just kind of highlight what's going on, the day in the news, and some of the big stories that affect me or affect other people that I don't think uh, uh, are being covered or maybe are being covered too much. I talk about that, too. Like, nobody cares about this story, yet it's all over the news. So that's what my blog is about. Uh, I do do some commentary, and the commentary mainly is in the stories that I choose and and what I put in there, and I add a little humor here and there, too. So what are people talking about? People are talking, well, here in Memphis, we have oh, a centric outlook. Here, locally, the big thing is, and people would laugh, I guess, uh, outside of Memphis, but 
we call it Death Week here. And it's coming up on the anniversary of Elvis Presley's death. Elvis Presley is big news here, always has been, always will be. It's the number one uh, tourist uh, draw in Memphis. That's Graceland Mansion. And Death Week, well, we the locals call it Death Week. Uh, the anniversary of his death has a candlelight vigil, uh, stuff throughout the whole week. Uh, August 16th is when he died, I think. But stuff scheduled throughout the whole week to talk about anything Elvis. And that that's what's big locally. And So is that kind of like uh, Clarion's Festival in the park? Yes, it is. And somebody... Some people, uh, people outside of Memphis, and and I've seen people like in California and this stuff, and they ask, is Elvis kind of passe there, or or how is it handled? Well, it's not passe really, but it's just all over the place because uh, Elvis is money down here. It's a lot of money down here. Um, Kind of like what Disney is to Florida. Yeah, exactly. And um, I, I kind of want a shirt, and I've seen him since I've been down here, uh, just a T-shirt with Elvis, with a, a picture of Elvis on it, and underneath it says, I'm dead, get over it. And I thought that was kind of funny. but um, So I kind of want one of those, and it, to me that's, that's uh that's part of my sense of humor i guess <laughs> oh i think that's hilarious yeah but it's uh uh elvis's big business down here you can't uh the city doesn't want to shy away from that but uh, people outside of memphis elvis okay yeah whatever <laughs> so it, it's interesting that way what are people talking about as far as uh, issues from around the nation, around the world, and what what can you share with with us from a Memphis point of view? Uh, from a Memphis point of view, uh, of course, the big stories today is Peter Jennings' death, and uh, you you and I were talking uh, earlier about some of the issues that are not being talked about, and one of them is Carl Rove and the. The whole inside politics or inside baseball player games of Washington and stuff, that's not really playing well uh, too much here here in Memphis. Or People aren't talking about it. You go down to a coffee shop, that's not what they're talking about. They're talking about, oh, gee, Peter Jennings died today. Or uh, are you going to Elvis week? celebrations and if so what are you going to do or stuff like that but uh the iraq war yeah uh, a little bit not much um you, you see all of the deaths and stuff played out in in the news every day and they they hammer it every day and it's usually a lead story which it should be but People aren't talking about that, really. They're more interested in their pocketbook issues and and what's happening here locally. Uh, Bill Frist, he's um, a senator from Tennessee, the Senate Majority Leader. He's in the, in the news uh, a lot, and he's talked about a lot down here, uh, only because he's 
a major player in national politics. Otherwise, I don't think politics would give much of a play at all down here, very much, not as much as what the news media portrays or want to portray, everybody watching it with hawkish eyes on Washington or what's happening overseas or or the dollar, you know, what's happening overseas. The big story is when will my gas prices go down? Yeah, and I think that's a lot with uh, not only in Memphis but everywhere else. Oh, oh, absolutely. And you can also find out when the news media are really manufacturing headlines. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, that's one thing uh, I guess that my my blog does, too, is a lot of uh, the journalism practices that I see, I, I'm very critical of uh, uh, manufacturing headlines. Uh, poll stories are incredibly just manufactured news. And and anything about polls are manufactured news. And, and I, I get on the news media a lot about uh, some stuff that they do and what they write about, what they don't write about, or how they write about it, and what, you know, what they miss, I think, the angles that they miss in the stories that they write. So I'm fairly critical of the news media in that respect, too. So where do you think TV network news is going now? Hmm. Um, I don't think it is going uh, with... Uh, I, I think it is going more of uh, Fox News is getting it more correctly than what CNN is. And... Not because I agree with the politics of Fox and disagree with CNN or vice versa. I think Fox flows better, and it's uh, and I I mean that by uh, CNN seems to uh, stop and start and go into a, a good show and then change directions totally and go into something else and you feel like you're getting shifted around. Fox, to me, it seems like it flows better for the viewer. Uh, I think that's where it's going. Uh, shorter stories, more, more interpretive news as opposed to just parroting what people say and, and what people do. It, you're explaining more, not in a biased sort of way. Uh, if you get into that way, you're getting too much like preaching, and I don't want to teach, and I don't want to preach, but I want to explain things in uh, a way that I think can be the most unbiased, but it, they have to give the viewer a greater choice like I could go on the internet and I'm my own editor and I can choose I want to read that story I want to read that story and that and I could pick and choose I don't have to listen to what one person is saying and I don't think TV should be that way too you shouldn't le listen or watch just one channel uh, 
sample a whole bunch of channels or change the channel if you don't like what one's offering. And that that's why the Internet is good, because I can, I can suit it to what I want and not be saddled to the big three networks all the time and just watch what they push me. I rarely watch network television now. Uh, the the trend of reality shows, now I'm not interested in that at all. So I rarely, rarely watch network TV anymore. I used to tell people I've been watching reality TV shows since I was a kid. <laughs> They're called sports. Yes, yes. Give me a fantasy half hour or something, you know. <laughs> that's right. Monday Night Football, that's a reality TV show. There you go. You, you see it as it happens. I would agree with that totally. <laughs> I like that reality. Tell me about how the Internet has either shaped your local newspaper or maybe your newspaper reading as a whole. Uh, my newspaper reading as a whole, I used to get the newspaper. I do not get it delivered anymore, and period. Not, not Saturday, not Sunday, not through the week, because I've got it on my computer, and I'm, I can I can read uh, the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, uh, the Seattle Post Intelligencer if I want to, and I could read the local paper. And I could get everything that the local paper offered uh, on on the internet, and I know a lot of, uh, and that that's how I do. I don't I don't pick up a paper, and I don't sit and read a paper. Um, if I'm away from my computer, if I'm away somewhere, I'll pick up a USA Today and glance at it and do that, but. If I'm at home, I'd, I don't get any newspapers or magazines, as, as a matter of fact. So I get it all on the Internet. You are not alone. Yeah, and it's changed quite a bit. So, And, yes, uh, like you said, I, I am not alone. There's more and more people are getting their stuff from the Internet, and I think it has changed uh, the news, uh, what the newspaper does and what the TV stations do, too, because they see what what people are writing about via blogs. Uh, yes, they will guide their uh, news product based on that somewhat. Granted, they don't give everything over to the Internet, but they, they look at blogs. They look and see what people are talking about. It's like going into a coffee shop and talking to people there is what blogs are, the Internet is. Okay, here's what people are interested in. What are people searching about? And that will tell you. So it has changed uh, the way the locals do news, too, and uh, just as well, uh, just like they did national. You know, it changed the way national does it, too. Let's go ahead and play Celebrity Square Root because this one is a special one about news and broadcasting, and I thought it would be fun, uh, and also we can kind of play off of it and, and, and get your opinion. So Okay. Here we go. Favorite TVs or favorite 70s TV anchor? Favorite 70s TV. Uh, Walter Cronkite. 
How about an female TV anchor from the 80s? Uh, Connie Chung. How about uh, the most realistic movie about broadcast news? Most realistic movie. Hmm. <laughs> As if there was one. It, yeah, really. The funniest one is Anchorman, but that's not at all realistic. Um, network news, I guess, would be the one that I would point to and and bring up as far as the most realistic, but um, I wouldn't call them call any of them realistic. <laughs> I'm always uh, watching for old movies, and I came across Network, and it is amazing to me. I know that is a farce, but it's amazing to me that how much of it is actually true today. Yes, yes, I'm I'm sure that. That would uh, work hand-in-hand hand with uh, a lot of things. And if people were in the business, they would say, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I see the similarities. How about the most important news story in the last 50 years? Hmm. Uh, fall of communism. You know, I had that down as the, as the very same one. Okay. I I just thought that that was a important story that really changed a lot of generations and just in it, something you would never see. Yes, yes. How about the biggest waste of everyone's time covered as a major news event? Uh, O.J. Simpson, but uh, lately it'd be I guess more recently it'd be Michael Jackson. I had Y2K. Oh yeah, that's a big one. The the biggest thing that never happened. Yeah, that's that's a big one, and I was never a Y two K fanatic. And when I was uh, working at the radio station in Albuquerque in '99, I had a lady call me and says, "Are you ever going to do any Y two K stories and how it's going to affect everybody?" I said, "Nope." Well, why is that? I said. Because nothing is going to happen. There's too much money involved to allow something like that to happen, you know, and it won't happen that way. So, but yeah, that was a big, big oops. And I thought it was just a great opportunity for a lot of people to sell a lot of brand new computers. Uh, yes, and foodstuffs. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Batten down the hatches because you don't know what's coming on. Yes. I mean, you, uh, I've known people I'd walked into their houses and see uh, gallons and gallons and gallons of dried peas. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, okay. Okay, guess what, kids? We're having casserole for a long time. <laughs> Anyways, let's go ahead and play uh, Ask Bill 3. This is where... I turn the tables, and I get to turn it over to a professional here. And, oh. And uh, you can ask me three questions about anything. Okay. Will podcasting do for radio what TiVo did for TV? I'm not quite sure what TiVo did for TV. Um, I think what podcasting will do is it will probably op do more for – well, let me back that up. I think it will do for radio what – the internet did for newspaper which is that first they won't know what to do with it 
but they will eventually figure out that, okay, this is how we, we play the game. And from what I can tell is they're probably a couple years away from really discovering, oh, you know, podcasting is going to be a player. Uh-huh. Uh, what was your best job in radio? My best job was managing the, the Fort Dodge uh, radio stations here from December 91 till July of 2002. It was also the toughest job. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I also enjoyed my announcing time that I did in Clarion and awfully often think of that as as a great time. And that's where, where you and I also um, started our broadcasting careers. Absolutely, at 100,000 watt where we burnt the corn stalks. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Do you still remember the, the smell of the old studios? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What, what, what's one of your favorite memories of, of that time? Uh, uh, when the train passed, you had to shut the window. Yes. Yes. Otherwise, it'd go on the air. I remember when the skunk crawled underneath the um studio mm-hmm. and uh it was just oh you know we, we we didn't have a basement we just had a crawl space and the skunk went under the studio and died and it was like oh yeah that, well we had to live with that for i don't know a couple of days it was just awful yeah i i very small quarters but it was opulent i thought at the time you know but the 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 train going by, and you had to close the studio window, otherwise it'd go on the air. <laughs> <laughs> What's question number three? Okay. Um, how did you get a promo on Adam Curry's podcast? What I did is I it was a Saturday when the heat index here was 110 degrees. I didn't have anything else to do, and I just sat down and just winged a promo and just Put it, you know, was it just happened to time out at about 55 seconds. Put a music bed on it. He had his address uh, for the pod show. I emailed it off and, and sent it down the line. And it just was weird to hear that thing come back at me as like, I think that is my voice. Okay. <laughs> so it was, it was, it was intentional, but very unexpected and uh, just really kind of winged the whole thing. That That's kind of the way radio goes, right? Absolutely. All right. That's absolutely. You just kind of wing it and make sure it goes right. And, and especially when you're working with live radio, there's a lot of things that can go wrong, but uh, so many times there's a lot of things that can go right. Yes, that's true. That's true. Those are my three. Okay. And anything else you'd like to say in closing? Any other uh, promotions you want to do for your blog site? Uh, just, you know, visit my blog uh, if you want to. I'm not selling anything, and I don't make any any money off of it. I'm, I'm just doing it. I guess because I want to, I I do it for uh, for me, and I I got some recognition in the Wall Street Journal and Columbia Journalism Review recently, so that's always nice. But I encourage you to check it out and let me know what you think. Vern, thank you so much for being our guest on You Are the Guest, and best of luck to you, and keep doing a great job with the blog. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. If you'd like to be a guest on a future show, just go to our website at www.youaretheguest.com. 
Submit your first name, the town where you live, and a short description on why you'd make a good guest. There is no charge for being a guest, and you'll have the opportunity to share what you think and how the news and events from today affect your life. The show's producers will contact you by email if you're chosen for a future show. For our second guest, I'd like to welcome to the show Jennifer from Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Jennifer, how are you? I am wonderful. How are you? I'm excellent, and you are my first actual Iowan, full-time living in Iowa guest since I started the show. I am so honored to be the first Iowan on yeah. the eastern side of the state. That's right. On on, on the, uh, some people might say the cultured part of the state. Um, it depends if you're talking about corn culture or city culture. We'll take credit for the city culture on this side of the state. Okay. So what kind of city culture would people find in Cedar Rapids, Iowa? Um, Cedar Rapids in the past five, ten years, we're getting a lot more ethnic groups that settle in Cedar Rapids. Um, there's a lot of different kinds. We have a strong Czech population. We have a strong um, Mexican population on in Cedar Rapids. And there's just there seems to be a lot of different festivals. Um, the Amana Colonies is 20 miles south of Cedar Rapids, and they have a strong German heritage. If you go about another 20 miles south of that, we have a strong Amish connection um, to our south. So it seems like Cedar Rapids is becoming a, a melting pot for this side of the state. And so because of that, there's probably a lot of things to do and to see. There is. Um, it seems like there's always some outdoor music concert going on in Cedar Rapids. Thursday nights we can go see jazz. Friday nights we can go see um, rock or um, pop music in the park. There always seems to be something going on um, in town with that. So that's nice. I'm, I'm an outdoor person, so I, I like to go to those festivals. I see by your email that you sent the show that you uh, actually live in Hiawatha, Iowa. Yes. We're, um, we're called a bedroom community. <laughs> which is some people kind of raise their eyebrow when you say that. Yeah, do you sell, like, bedroom furniture? or? No, and, and the the joke, not really the joke, but the gist of being a bedroom community is people just go there to sleep. There's about 6,500 in Hiawatha, and um, we don't have our own. We're part of the Cedar Rapids school system, and we're a part of a lot of Cedar Rapids things, but we have our own police department and fire department and we have a couple schools here and um but we're considered a bedroom community that everyone comes here to sleep but everybody works in cedar rapids so that's where the bedroom community came from ah so so what are some of the the big stories locally that are going around either hiawatha or cedar rapids well one of the big stories that happened last month is the city of Cedar Rapids is changing the form of government. We used to have a commission type government where we had um, full-time council members. In July they voted to um, terminate that form of government and go to a city manager and a part-time mayor and part-time city council. So that's been the big story in the Cedar Rapids area the past summer. Um, so how do people feel about that? Um, it brought out 
the worst in people. I will say that it divided um, the business community. Um, people chose sides, and the, um, the the Chamber of Commerce made a very strong political stance in the election, and that caused some big problems um, with so, the the business leaders of Cedar Rapids. So, was the chamber for it or against it? They were for. Um, the, the change of government, and I just sat back and said, oh, I live in Hiawatha. I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> we already changed our form of government a long time ago. So I was, you know, I consider myself to be involved in politics, but I'm really glad I was not involved in this issue because it brought out a lot of intense feelings on both sides. So I was glad I could sit this one out. Yeah, we, we've been through a couple of different issues like that. We We also went through that with our uh, change of government, but we also did uh, went through something like that with uh, gambling uh, because they wanted to bring in a casino and they needed a referendum for are you for gambling or are you against gambling, and it brought out strong opinions on both sides. Mm-hmm. It, it always does. Cedar Rapids has toyed with the idea of putting a riverboat on the Cedar River, which runs through the heart of downtown. And that was proposed to the Cedar Rapids citizens a few years ago. And the Cedar, citizens of Cedar Rapids said, no, we don't want it. So it will be interesting to see how Cedar Rapids takes shape in the next few years with that. So what are people talking about around the world uh, as far as things that are going on or maybe you know around the state? How, how do people think that the state government is doing in Cedar Rapids? I, I'll be honest, I have no clue. One of the big things that we've been talking about, though, today was the death of Peter Jennings. That um, I work at a radio station, and so being in the media field, when you lose a legend like that, it affects everybody. And I had um, come home last night and flipped on the TV, and they had said that he had died, and I was glued to the television till about 2.30 in the morning watching you know, all the footage of him and, and watching his career and, and learning more about him. And I was, I was very saddened by his death. I remember growing up, um, you know, the ABC World News Tonight came on at 5.30 here in Cedar Rapids, and I remember my mom would be making supper, and we would have that on, and we would sit and watch World News Tonight as a family. And it was always Peter Jennings. And I remember Friday nights, you know, Friday night in my household was pizza night, and so while we were waiting for the pizza to come, you know, he'd be doing person of the week. And I just remember that, and now that's gone. And I feel, I feel saddened, and, you know, as a person who works in the media, I feel kind of lost because he was such an icon. That, and I'm biased. I'm an ABC News watcher, so... And plus, turn the station. <laughs> and plus, he was a a true talent. The thing that I liked about Peter Jennings was that he was ad libbing all along, in most cases, but you never knew it. Right. And, and that is so hard to do. Yes, it is. So, where do you think the future of TV news is going? Especially when we talk about the the big major three, the CBS the ABC and the NBC newscasts? You know, I, I'm hopeful that it will continue, that we'll, you know, we'll have new legends that can, to, that can anchor the news. But, you know, 
Dan Rather, he made a huge mistake with the whole Bush scandal. We've had that. We've had the death of Peter Jennings. Network news this year has taken a hit. And, you know, with the Internet and with other news sources, I, I hope it doesn't dwindle and viewers don't start to find other sources of news. But I think that's the direction it's going. Because now, I mean, if you have access to the Internet, you can see any newscast anywhere in the world. And that definitely impacts, you know, not only national media but local media as well. And so I'm hopeful that, you know, we'll continue to have great legends like Peter Jennings. But with all the other competition out there, I don't know if it's possible. I think those days are gone because the evening newscast was built around people getting home at 5, eating their dinners Mm -hmm. from 5 to 5.30, and then sitting down to watch the evening news. Right. People don't sit down to eat as a family, period, anymore. Right. So, you know, they're going to have to change up because they're losing it to the Internet. They're losing it to other 24-hour news programs. And, uh, you know, the the fact that, you know, are they going to be able to attract the younger viewers is going to be the biggest challenge that a lot of these uh, network news executives are going to be able to face. That's right. And you, you touched on a pet peeve of mine. <laughs> oh, fire away. Of people who do not sit down for dinner. That really irritates me. So you like them when they stand up? No. Oh, okay. No, I like it when they sit on the table. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> you're not alone there. <laughs> that is a lost art, in my opinion. I remember, you know, I come from a, a family of four, mom, dad, and my older sister. And every night we sat down for supper. There was no eating in front of the television. There was no eating while the television was on, unless it was severe weather, because in Iowa we have severe weather and you got to be alert. But we always sat down as a family. And this day and age, nobody hardly at all sits down as a family. So why do you think that is so? Because people are so busy trying to cram everything into their day that it's quicker for them to hand their child a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and tell them to go watch TV than it is to sit down and have a family dinner. And that, to me, is a shame. Growing up, the, the nucleus of the family, of our family, was the kitchen table. We had important discussions there. I will not lie. There were arguments there. We learned how to do our homework there. We learned how to do um, projects. We did our Christmas baking at the kitchen table. I mean, we had breakfast there. We had dinner there. There was no eating breakfast in front of the television or dinner in front of the television. And I think families today, they need to go back to that. I think that's very important to have that family communication around the dinner table. And I agree with that as well. I think, I think that if you can um, take a half hour out of your day to just be a family and just eat one meal, then you, you find out that it opens up a lot of doors or keeps a lot of uh, doors to communication open. Yes, and I know when I go to have a family, there will be no television during dinner or you know, dinner is family time. There's no phone calls. There's no 
There's no interruptions. It's family time. And because it's your family, you get to set the rules. That's right. And if I made the dinner, then yeah, exactly. And plus, you know, if you make the dinner, then also you need feedback. You know, how did I do? Did I put too much salt on the beans? Exactly. That's very important. Because I always tell, I'm, my friends call me Little Miss Martha. Little, now last week we had the anti-Martha. I know, and now you have the Little Miss Martha this week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, well tell me about the Little Miss Martha. Maybe next week the real Martha can make an appearance on, on the show. Well, just as long as I don't have a guy in drag says I'm Mr. Martha. There you go. <laughs> I, ever since college when I moved out and got my own apartment, I have loved to entertain family, friends, um, cook five-course meals, um, make cakes that have frosting that takes four hours to complete. I enjoy that. And so my friends always call me Little Miss Martha because in my circle of friends, when it's somebody's birthday, I'm the one that's up till 3 o'clock in the morning making the cake or making a dinner. And so that's where I get the Little Miss Martha. So what's your favorite thing to cook? It's a toss-up. I Like pizza, I would, it's a toss-up. It's a toss-up. Yeah, pizza dough. It's a toss-up. Or not a toss salad. I, okay. Um, I'm going to have to say Italian and Mexican are my favorites to cook. Any particular, like uh, peanut butter enchilada? or? See, now you touched on another favorite subject of mine, of peanut butter. Okay. Well. I'm a huge peanut butter fanatic. Um, anything with peanut butter. Peanut butter pancakes, peanut butter... Actually, there is like a peanut butter enchilada type thing. Is there a peanut butter pizza? There's a caramel apple pizza with peanut butter in it. Ooh, that sounds good. Yeah. But anything with peanut butter, um, I love peanut butter. In fact, at where I work, we have our pictures on our website of where I work. And in my picture behind me, I have a bumper sticker that says, I love peanut butter. So that's, um, I've had a few listeners that have commented on my my peanut butter addiction. So you you know when you uh, love peanut butter when you've got a bumper sticker on your car that says, "I love peanut butter." Yes. Well, good for you. So now all these people, you know, who listen to the show, if they ever see a car with "I love peanut butter," they're going to think it's me, and it, it very well could be. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, are you ready to play Celebrity Square Root? Yes. Okay. This is this is kind of an abstract word game here, so just just play along. Hopefully, this will be fun. I hope it's not hard. Well, it probably is. Okay, I need a challenge. That's that's right. That's right. And if you ever uh, get stuck, just uh, you know, put some peanut butter on your tongue or something like that. <laughs> that makes no sense whatsoever. Okay, here we go. Your favorite chick flick. Dale Magnolias. How about your favorite soap opera? General Hospital. Favorite dance song? Slow motion. Favorite TV commercial? Budweiser. Budweiser, any particular one? Any Budweiser commercial. Oh, anything with cold beer in it, huh? Yeah. And peanut butter. That's right. Okay. How about your favorite Sex and the City episode? That's a oh, that's a tough one. I'm gonna have to say when Miranda's baby gets baptized. Okay, why is that? 
it was the whole thing was just it was funny um she's against organized religion and so she does it because she she wants to please the, the baby's father and and carrie who's the author in the show she is the doting godmother and i can relate to that because i'm a godmother and i have to go to a baptism next weekend so i can kind of relate to that whole scenario so that's one of my favorite episodes and Carrie has a very nice outfit and cool shoes, so that's another reason why. Incredibly important. Yes, very important. Well, let's, uh, at this point, turn it over to you for Ask Bill 3. This is where you can ask me three questions about anything. And the questions haven't been previewed, so I don't know what's coming down the line. So All right. fire away. Okay. Earlier we talked about gambling, and so I have a gambling question for you. If you were playing blackjack... In Las Vegas, would you hit on a 13? Um, the rule of, of thumb is uh, not to unless you've already counted the top cards and seen that there uh, aren't uh, too many face cards still left. So would you? Uh, no. No, okay. But every circumstance is different. Because if, if, you, if you see, you know, that... There has hasn't been a lot of face cards that have been played. Chances are you're going to get a ten, so you have to kind of watch out for that. Okay. Not that I'm um, saying that you should be card counting, but you also also must be cognizant of what's been played so far in the deck. Alrighty. If, if, have I answered your question? You have answered my question. Okay. Second question talks about peanut butter. Are you a creamy or a crunchy, and why? Oh, I probably more crunchy, and it's because I like those little surprises in the peanut butter. Okay. And my last question, who do you consider a TV news legend? Well, there are, are several. Uh, the first one that comes to mind would be Walter Cronkite coming up from, from that area. Uh, then you'd have to, you know, you know throw in, you know, Peter Jennings, uh, unbelievable talent, um, Dan Rather, although it's it's his career's a little bit tarnished because of uh, what's going on. Um, you could also say Barbara Walters in there because of the fact that she, um, you know, paved the way. But you've also got to, you know, look back. I mean, way back, you know, to like an ever or Eric Severide and and some of those early pioneers as well. So I don't have one solid answer, but if I had to say, okay, here's for, for me the the one guy who typifies the icon of TV news, it would probably be Walter Cronkite. Alrighty, and I have a lot of coworkers that would agree with you on that. Okay, yeah, well, it it really kind of depends on on your age and that. Who would you say for for uh, you know your uh, generation would be the the person that is most connected with TV news. I would have to say it's a toss-up between Tom Brokaw and Peter Jennings. Um, I think I'm in my mid-20s, and growing up, they were on the younger end of the spectrum as well. So I think it was very easy for us to identify with them. Um, Going back to Peter Jennings, he did a lot of special reports on Saturday mornings with kids 
stealing, I remember one of them was on Desert Storm. He's covered Desert Storm with children. He's covered 9-11. He's covered the Bosnian um, conflict. He's covered a lot of things with kids, and I think we we had that connection. My generation has that connection with him. Okay, so he's going to be missed by really a new generation coming up, and we're just hoping that somebody has been inspired and kind of grabbed the torch and lead the way. That's right. We hope so. Okay. Jennifer, have you enjoyed your your time here on You Are the Guest? It has gone by so fast. Amazing how fast 20 minutes goes. I know. I had a great time. So would you recommend this show to somebody else that's thinking about being a guest? Yes. I have told a lot of my friends, and I have told a lot of my family, and I hope one of these days when I tune in, they'll be on. They'll be the guest. That, that would be very cool, and we'd love to have them. So... Jennifer, thanks for being on the program, and I'll give you the special privilege of introducing our musical guest as it ends our program. All right. We have Brother Love with Summertime. For You Are the Guest, I'm Bill Grady. Thanks for listening. <laughs>